Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Good. All right. So, as you've guessed by now, I get to speak today. And if I'd said I wasn't nervous this service, I'd be lying to you. I thought that it would go away after first service, but I'm shaking just as hard <laughs> for this service, right? It doesn't go away. Um, we just want to say thank you for those um, joining online today. Oop, wrong program. Uh, thank you for joining online today. I know Pastor Travis was on first service. I don't know if he's on second service, um, but let's just give a round of applause. If he is there, let him hear us, right? We're just so thankful for him. Oh, I almost forgot. It's, it's online. I got to do my hair. <laughs> Man, I wanged, I wanged my head the other day on the, uh, the, we're building the nativity out there, and I, I wanged my head, and you think that that would have been, you know, one time would have been smart enough not to do it again. Heck no. I'm such a slow learner. I did that like four or five times, and now I got a little wop knobby on my head right here, and there's no hair to protect it, and it hurts, and it's sore. No sympathy for me, huh? <laughs> oh, poor Brandon. Sorry. That shouldn't happen to you. Yeah. But anyways, I just want to thank Pastor Travis and Tina for giving me the opportunity to, uh, to speak up here, um, just for being awesome, amazing pastors that they are. Uh, Pastor Javi and Pastor Davina, you know, um, just helping to raise me up again. Uh, you know, I was the youth pastor a long time ago through a series of events, not the youth pastor anymore, and just went through a lot of trials and tribulations and stuff. And um, just coming back into the church, you know, I, ne- I never left the church, but I stopped serving and just kind of put everything on hold and backburnered and stuff like that. And one day, uh, you know, Pastor Davina, she was just like, Brandon, if not now, when, when, when? She was always on me, when, 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 Brandon, when? God has given you a gift, let's start using it again. When are you gonna start using it again? And I'm just so thankful for that. I'm thankful for pastors that push us, that see more in us than that we see in ourselves, right? And they will push us on to bigger and better things, right? And I'm just so thankful for them. Let's give a round of applause for our pastors. So thankful for them. Well, let's dive in. Let's just pray first. God, I just thank you. Father, for this message today, God, that if it speaks to nobody else, God, I know you are speaking it to me. God, today, that if, if anything is funny, God, that it not be me, that it be you, God. If anything is just, just sounds so smart, God, let them know that it's not me, God, that it's you. Father, I thank you for the privilege, God, of, of just being up here. God, I thank you for these people that have a heart to just listen to your word. God, we know that today, that as your word goes out, that it doesn't return void, God, that um, you're just planting seeds, God, and that the harvest is going to be huge, God. We just thank you. Um, for your many blessings, and God, that we say that we love you, and we praise you, and we say this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Are you a person that is thankful no matter what? I had to ask myself that question. I wasn't, right? Sometimes there's things that happen in my life, I'm like, what the heck's going on? And I, I forget to be thankful, right? Perhaps maybe you've lost your job recently, I know with the pandemic and everything that is going on, 
that you know layoffs have been prevalent, um, uh, unemployment has risen, right, or something like that, and 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 maybe you're you're struggling to make ends meet, or maybe you're struggling to you know put food on the table for your family, and you're just kind of getting into some financial troubles, you know, uh, maybe you lost your health, you know, in the in this in this season of COVID, you know. Everything to me is COVID. <laughs> I got a cough. I'm like, I got COVID. You know, I'm short of breath. I got COVID. Uh, runny nose. Could be COVID. And I'm not taking it away from any of that. I think I had it. Uh, I, was, I lost my smell and I lost my taste. And the, the way that I know, so I was spraying you know, my cologne. And I was like, I don't smell anything. Weird. Spirit again. Probably didn't get enough on. And I was like, I don't smell that either. Maybe it's still, <laughs> still not strong enough. You know, fight it out, boys, you know. And <laughs> I get to work, and my, my coworkers were like, dude, <laughs> did you, like, fall in a bath of this stuff? Or did you go through the perfume department at the Walmart and just try, try everything out or what? But holy cow. And I'm like, oh, no. Smell, no taste. The coffee's bland today. I think I got it. But I'm making light of it a little bit, but I'm not taking away from the seriousness of it. You know, it's a real thing, and, and um, it's affected a lot of us. It's affected the way we live and stuff like that. Um, it could have affected a loved one, you know, that you know uh, very seriously. Such circumstances can be tremendously difficult, right? It's been a difficult year. Or it's been a not very easy year is what I would, yeah. It's been a not very easy year. So, but even so, right, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for living in America, for living in little old Rupert, Idaho. I was so thankful the other night that Santa Claus was out and about during the fireworks. I love that we live in a small little town that says we're not afraid. People need some normality. We, we need to give people some hope. Let's do this. And even in Santa Lives Matter, I seen on, <laughs> on the truck and stuff. So cool. I'm like Rupert, Idaho, you know, <laughs> Rupert, Idaho. We're going to look at a story today, um, actually the life of a man who had every right to be bitter about some things in his life, but he wasn't. And if you've guessed it, you know, or because it's on the screen back there, today's message is a message about thanksgiving and giving thanks and being thankful in, in, in everything, in every situation. And I want us to take a look at the life of Paul, okay? Paul was a man who was a Pharisee um, coming up in the ranks, right? He was, he was trained um, in the highest schools in, in Judaism, and um, he was even there when Stephen was getting stoned, right? This Paul is holding the coats of the guys with the rocks in their hands, right? And this guy made it his mission to go out and get rid of these people, and he's persecuting them, and he's separating families. He's separating children from parents, and he's on the road to Damascus the one day to continue his mission in doing this, and he has a radical transformation on the road to Damascus, right? God blinded him. And sent him to a man named Ananias, and he prayed for him, and he regained his sight. But he had a radical transformation of Jesus Christ and the God that we serve. And now this man is on a mission to tell everybody about God, 
right? He's planning churches. He's going on mission trips. He's, he's building up pastors and stuff like this. And yet, in the midst of all of this, Paul is still going through trials and tribulations, right? There was more than one time that Paul was beat. There was more than one time that Paul was thrown in jail. And there was more than one time that Paul was uh, left hungry and starving, right? At the end of Paul's life, you know, he, he, he's in prison and he knows that the next footsteps coming down the corridor could be the guards of those taking him to his execution. His only bed in the prison was a whole hard, cold stone slab, right? Probably not even straw to lay his head on. He was in a cramped prison cell with all these other people. And I'm sure not an hour passed when he was free from the constant irritation of the shackles and the the clasp that were around his legs. You know, it wasn't a one-size-fits-all type deal. It was these iron bands that they slapped onto him. And if they fit, they fit. If they didn't, too bad. And I'm sure that they cut into his wrists, and I'm sure that they cut into his feet. He was separated from friends, unjustly accused, totally beaten. So if ever there was a person to have a right to complain and be mad... It was this guy, Paul, languishing, almost forgotten in a Roman prison. But instead of complaints, you know what happened? You know what he did? His lips rang out with thanksgiving and with praise. Paul was a man who learned the the meaning of true thanksgiving. Even in the midst of this great adversity, you know, earlier when Paul had been in prison, Paul wrote, in Ephesians, he said, Sing and make music in your heart, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in jail before. And giving praise and thanksgiving wasn't on the top of my list when I was sitting in there. It was, get me out of here. How come I don't have a blanket like this guy does? Where's food coming? And I need to leave really bad. What am I doing here? It wasn't giving praise and thanksgiving and singing. Think about it. Always giving thanks for everything, no matter the circumstances, right? You know, Thanksgiving for Paul wasn't just a once-a-year celebration. They, they didn't have uh, turkey. I'm sure they didn't have turkey. It was probably like a yak or something like that. They didn't get together every third t- Thursday on in December and have a day of thanksgiving and remembrance. Paul was a man who made it a lifestyle to give thanks every single day in every single circumstance and in every single situation. Paul had to be this way, right? He had to be this way or else he wouldn't have made it as far as he ever did. Paul would have given up and said, this ain't worth it. But the reality is is that he daily thanked God and it changed his life. And it made him a joyful person in every situation. You know, as I was saying, that there has been some hardships in this Thanksgiving. If you were in a certain state, you couldn't have more than 10 people gather at your home. Or I think it was 30 people for a funeral and 10 people for Thanksgiving. So a lot of people were having funerals for turkeys in their homes. Or maybe your loved one was in a hospital, sick, right? There's been a lot of hardships this year. It seems like 
God dumped 10 decades worth of hardships into one year, <laughs> right? But we can be thankful in the midst of all that. You know, one of the things that I'm thankful for is that I get to spend one more Thanksgiving with my mom. You know, as, as many of you know, she had pancreatic cancer, stage four stuff, bad stuff. And um, through a, the prayer of the church and, and, you know, and just God just blessing her, um, she's still with us. This should have been a death sentence probably a year ago. But she's home. <laughs> she's home. She's doing good. Um, God has just blessed her and she's just blessed us. Um, getting to have another Thanksgiving with her. Um, she told me, I was talking with her, and she said, I'm feeling really good. You know, I'm not as tired as normal. And I said, well, what, you know, is it just getting better, and what's the difference? She said, oh, no, I just, I, <laughs> I forgot to take my chemo pills for a few days, and I'm feeling really good. <laughs> Thanksgiving, you know, the, the giving of thanks to God for all of his blessings should be one of the most distinctive marks of, of, of a believer, of a Christian. It should be one of the things that people recognize us for first. Man, that guy's a thankful guy. Must be a Christian. That guy gives thanks every time. Should be a Christian. We can't allow the spirit of unthankfulness or, you know, other words, ingratitude to harden our hearts and, and chill our relationship with God and with others. You see, nothing turns us into more bitter, selfish people more dissatisfied people than being unthankful or ungrateful. Thanklessness can bring on depression, a deep depression. You see, I've been there. I've been there when I wasn't thankful for anything anymore. When I wasn't thankful for my kids, when I wasn't thankful for my church, when I wasn't even thankful for my own life. And it started little bit by little bit. I stopped thanking God for this. I stopped thanking God for this, and I just became bitter and mean and hateful towards everything. And I didn't even want to be around anymore. And I believe it started with that little, that little step of unthankfulness, right? And I spiraled down and down and down and down. The cool thing is, is nothing will restore ourselves faster or make us more content than the joy of our, in, the, in the joy of our salvation than the true spirit of thankfulness. Being thankful... In the ancient world, biblical times, uh, there was this disease called leprosy, and it was a horrible disease. It would disfigure your face. Um, it was a flesh-eating bacteria. You know, your, one moment your nose was there, one moment it was gone. One moment you had hair, and then it was gone. Maybe, maybe I got leprosy. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I just grew too tall. <laughs> <laughs> but it made these guys cut off from society, right? They had to go live by themselves, with themselves, with other lepers out in a colony. They call them leper colonies. And they had to go live out there, away from their families. They didn't get to see anybody. They didn't get to go into the temple and have their sins forgiven, right? They lived a miserable, sad life, cut off from everybody else. A lot like COVID, right, when we got to be quarantined. One day there was 10 of these guys and they approached Jesus outside a village. You know, 10 men had heard of this man that had been going around the, the countryside healing people, healing the blind and healing the sick and making the lame people to walk again. 
And they said, if we can just get close to this man, maybe he can heal us. Maybe he can make us not lepers anymore. You know, and we can go back to our families. And we can go back to the temple. And we can go back and give our sacrifices and, and be forgiven, right? Because that was the only way to be forgiven back then. You couldn't just say, God, forgive me. You had to go to the temple and you had to sacrifice something. And these guys were not allowed to be around anyone or do that. They said, well, let's go see this man. Let's go see this Jesus who can heal us. And I can imagine them approaching Jesus because when they approached anybody, when they got near to anybody, they had to yell, unclean, unclean. They had to let everybody know that they were coming to step on the other side of the road and get out of the way because you could catch this thing. So as they approach Jesus, they're hollering, Jesus, Master, save us, heal us. And I'm imagining his, his disciples were like, get away, get away, don't get too close. No, step back, don't get close to us. And them just saying, Jesus, Jesus, it's us, heal us, heal us. And in the midst of everything, in the chaos, and the people yelling and screaming, Jesus says, and he approaches them closer probably than anybody's ever been to him in a long time. And he asks them, what are you what would you like to be healed, to see our families again, to hug our wives, to hug our children? And Jesus doesn't heal them instantly like in a lot of other cases that he's done, but he says, I want to see your faith. Go to the priest and show them and do all the, the temple rites and stuff to be made clean again. And on your way, you'll be healed. So these guys take off, man. They hear this. I can imagine uh, them just sprinting and running, and they get over a water, and then all of a sudden it's like, guys, guys, check this out. Is my, is my nose back on here? Because it wasn't on there a second ago. Is my nose? I'm smelling again. Oh, my gosh. We're healed. And, you know, nine men, they took off, and they went running. But there was one man. There was one man who had a, a thankful heart. And he came back to Jesus. And he just wanted to tell him how thankful he was that he had healed him. That he's going to be able to see his kids again and hug his wife again. You see, this man had a spirit of thankfulness. A spirit that the other nine didn't have. You know, today too, in, ingratitude or ungratefulness and thanklessness are far too common in this world, aren't they? You know, children forget to thank their parents. We forget to thank the person that's holding the door for us, right? I love um, going into a restaurant, and if I see it, I, I do it if I see anybody, but I really especially love it when I see an elderly couple or an elderly person by themselves and just honoring them and just saying, I got, I got this one, right? You know what's so cool about that generation, too, is every single time they'll say thank you. They're so grateful just for holding the door for them. And then there's the people that don't say thanks, and I'd like to slam the door in their face. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you unthankful person, no. But no, um, it's just far too common, you know. Uh, our, our kids are just so immune to saying thank you for anything. It's just want, 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 want. I need more, I need more, I need more. Give me my phone, give me my this, give me this. I need this, right? And we're, we're teaching that into our generations. I believe that above all, we forget to thank God for the blessings, right, in all of this. We forget to thank God for the things that he's done in our life. 
I think the ingratitude or, or un, unthankfulness, I think, I think that's in a sin, right? Just as surely as lying or immorality or being dishonest or anything like that, I, I think that ungratefulness is a sin, and, and I, I think it's condemned by the Bible. Paul says, you know, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So an ungrateful heart is a heart that is cold towards God and indifferent to his mercy and love. It's a heart that has forgotten how dependent we are on God for everything. From one end of the Bible to the other, we read that we are commanded to be thankful. In fact, thankfulness is, an, or thankfulness is just a natural outflowing of somebody that is attuned to God, right? In Psalms, it says, Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Paul wrote in a troubled time, Be thankful. You see, a spirit of thanksgiving is always the mark of a joyous Christian, of a true believer Christian. Like I said before, they, they should recognize you, at least by your thankfulness. But you're saying, Brandon, why should we be thankful? There's so much... There's so much nastiness going on. Joe Biden might be president. But in the midst of it all, God's still in charge, isn't he? Can't we be thankful for that? That God is still sitting on his throne? That God has still got everything under control? That that's something to be thankful for, right? In the midst of this pandemic, what is there to be thankful for? Our online viewership grew. I can tell you that. I think that was awesome. I think it was like 10 or 15 people. Now it's like hundreds of people. And if you're online today, we just want to say thank you for joining us and listening to this uh, weird guy up here. But things have grown, even in the pandemic. Our, our closeness to each other, our closeness to our families, right? We can have thankfulness for everything. And I, I just thought five things, you know, that I think that we need to take a look at um, and check ourselves um, in this area. So number one would be to... Thank God for the material blessings that he gives us. You know, we never seem to be satisfied. Rich or poor, you know, healthy or sick. But what a difference it makes when we realize that everything we have is given to us by God. You know, King David prayed, wealth and honor come from you, God. We give thanks and praise to your glorious name. Everything comes from you. See, I knew this man, um... He lived in Utah, and a very wealthy man. This guy was making six-figure checks. Uh, he was making seven-figure bonus checks. Um, he was selling the Amway, right? And I had some friends that wanted me to sell the Amway. Some of you older folks know what Amway is. <laughs> it's a sickness. No. Um, but anyways, one of, these, one of these sales tactics to get you recruited was to show you how wealthy you could be, right? So they take you to this super wealthy person's house. And man, this guy's house was big. It was a 25,000 square foot house. This thing had a, a, it was an official ballroom, right? I'd never seen a ballroom in a house. It had apartment, it had two apartments in this house. He had a garage full of the most expensive Maseratis and Bugattis and Audis type cars, right? In his garage, it was jam-packed with them. He had a pool house that was as big as this room right here with a giant pool in it. And I'm thinking like, man, this dude is awesome. I bet he is just loving life, right? 
And I, I got a chance to sit down and, and talk with this man. And this man had met presidents. He had pictures up in his house where he had met presidents. Um, he was a college football star. He, I think he played with Steve Young, as I think is what he said, um, back in, high, or, uh, in, in college. And this dude just seemed to be having it. But you could tell something was off in this guy. You see, I come to find out that this man was, was being divorced. Right? And he was losing half of everything that he ever owned. That his business was crumbling. Because it was never enough. He just wanted more all the time. His wife wasn't good enough for him anymore. He needed a new one. Right? His money wasn't enough. And it all came crashing down on him. There was a lady that I met. This church went on a, uh, uh, a mission trip probably close to about 15 to 20 years ago. We went down to Timochik, Mexico, and we got hooked up with this guy named Jim who was putting radio towers, Christian radio towers, all over Mexico so that people could hear um, the word down there and Christian music down there. And he got us hooked up, and he got us hooked up with this lady named Josefina. And Josefina, uh, a few years before Jim had met her, she had lost her husband and her, her kids. They lived, in a, they lived in the Sierra Mountains down in Mexico, and it was an oak tree-type area, so there was a lot of oak trees, and there was a lot of logging in this area. And uh, one day, her, her husband and the kids were going up the hill, and a, and a semi was coming down at the same time, and um, the semi veered and, and kind of ran them off the road and they went down a cliff and they all passed away, right? So Josefina, brokenhearted, in the midst of this tragedy, right? God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you with many children. What? How can I have children, God? You just, my husband is gone. I don't even have a husband anymore. My, my, all my kids are gone. How am I going to be the mother of many children? You see, this Josefina... She never had much. Her, her, her house, when we, when we pulled up to it, her house was this little teeny tiny white house. And there was a creek running through it, the, the property. And I thought, well, that's cool. It's got a creek. I wish I had a creek in my, in my yard. Come to find out this wasn't a creek at all. It was just all the wastewater from the house and everything. going. They didn't have sewers or anything like that in this village. And it was just going. And I thought, oh, I, don't, I don't think I want that stream anymore. But anyway, so in this village, um, human life just wasn't, wasn't valued, right? And she began to take in these kids. Because of the little girls down there, there was a cliff. And when the little girls were born, they weren't valuable for anything. They weren't as hard as workers as the boys and stuff like that. So girls weren't valued. And so they either got put in the trash or they got taken to this cliff and they got thrown over the edge of it. And then they would have these young men, these little, little baby boys and stuff. And boys were valuable, right? They were hard workers, and then they could prostitute them out and stuff like that. So boys were valuable, okay? And she was rescuing these kids. She was getting them out of these situations, right? She was finding these little girls. They found a little boy and his, and his younger brother. I think he was only about three years old, maybe four. And he was taking care of a younger sibling in a dumpster in town, trying to survive. And she took these, these little kids in. 
And she was up to about 40 kids in this little teeny tiny white house was bursting at the seams. It couldn't hold them all anymore, and they needed more room. And so this guy named Jim, he got a hold of us, and uh, we raised a bunch of money, and we went down there. I think there was like 18 of us that went down there. Um, and we went to go build her this 9,200-square-foot house. And by the time we were gone, we had, we had completely framed this thing. And now she's got a room for the boys and a room for the girls, you know, a whole level of the house and a whole level. And then we fenced this area in so that they could be safe and that they could, you know, have some toys and stuff like that. And this lady, Josefina, <laughs> in the midst of all this trouble, in the pain that she was going through, I think she was still thankful. She had a heart of gratitude towards God and the things that he was doing for her, or else she wouldn't even have, she wouldn't even have begun taking these kids in. This lady had nothing, yet she was thankful for everything. Quite the contrast from the rich man, right? You know, Paul declared, I have learned the secret of being content, and in every situation, Every situation, whether I was well-fed or whether I was hungry, whether living in poverty or want or plenty, I found a spirit of thankfulness. You see, a spirit of thankfulness makes all the difference. Today we can be totally preoccupied with what we don't have, right? I don't have a new truck. I don't have enough money. I don't have a big house. I really want that ski boat. Uh, it's winter time. I would really like a cool snowmobile. And I, I have a snowmobile, but I want a bigger one, right? We become so preoccupied with what we don't have. I know I have. We need to begin to thank God for what we do have, right? Our material things. Thank Him for what we do have. Number two, thank God for the people in your life. It's so easy to take people for granted. You know, or, or to even complain or become angry because they don't meet our every wish or our every demand. At one time, we were thankful for that job, right? We had people praying that we could get this job so that we could feed our families. And we were so thankful for that boss that said, yes, I want to hire you, and I want you to come work for us. Now the tables have turned, right? We've got that job. We've got that boss. And I just wish I had a better job. I just wish my boss would give me a raise. He's so, he's so mean. He makes me work weekends. We become unthankful for him now. But we need to give thanks for those around us, you know, our spouses, um, especially, our children, you know, our relatives, our friends. You know, I said I was so thankful for getting to spend um, one more Thanksgiving with my mom. And I made sure I looked her right in the eye and told her, just how thankful I was for her and how thankful I was that I get to spend time with her. Speaking of being thankful for spouses, right? Uh, <laughs> I once heard a woman, she went into counseling and she went into counseling for her marriage and she began talking um, about her husband and, and telling her counselor how fortunate she was uh, to have such a kind and considerate husband. And then she used four pages to risk everything that he was doing wrong in the marriage, right? Few things to be thankful for. Whole lot to be unthankful for. You know, when in the beginning you were so thankful that they just smiled at you. <laughs> when they called you on the phone, your face lit up. I'm so thankful that it's, it's, it's her calling. 
or him calling, you know, and your heart would just, whoo, whoo. And now you're like, ooh. What does she want now? You know, we were so thankful to go to bed together. I love you. Good night, babe. And now we look over and it's just a snoring bear there and you're like, I just want to put a pillow over their head at night. We forgot about how thankful we were for that person in the beginning, right? How many marriages, relationships grow cold because of that? How many are eventually shattered because of our unthankfulness towards each other? How many marriages could be saved if we just remembered how thankful we were for our, for our spouses? And now for some of us, you know, we just don't know where we went wrong. Maybe the things that you were so thankful for in the beginning, right? Babe, I'm so thankful for a hot meal. I'm so thankful that when I got home, the house was cleaned. Even though you work a 40-hour week with a bunch of kids, and you'd really like to just have a glass of wine, but you picked up the house and, and made dinner. I'm so thankful for you. But now it's like you get home and you're just like, ugh, the house is a mess. Why isn't there food on the table? Why are we eating chicken? We've had chicken 10 days in a row. I can't stand chicken anymore. Stop making chicken. There's only so many ways you can cook it. <laughs> um, maybe it's because along the way we stopped thanking them. And they stopped doing whatever they were doing because they didn't feel appreciated anymore. Uh, Brandon doesn't really care if the house was picked up. So why do it? He doesn't tell me that he's thankful for the, for the food, you know, for having food when he gets home so we'll just eat one ever that little seed of bitterness and unthankfulness gets planted maybe we need to start thanking them again for those little things do you let others know that you appreciate them you know it's so easy to think that they were there were there and they know me and they just know that I'm thankful for them I don't I don't have to tell them I don't have to tell them that I'm thankful for them all the time right yeah, we do. Change somebody's day by telling them how thankful you are for them. I know there's been times where I've just came to the church and I'm just kind of like, ah, I don't really want to be here. And, and Pastor Travis has stopped me in the hallway and just said, Brandon, I'm so thankful for you. I'm, I'm thankful for what you do here at the church. Sometimes just as small as it is, is, is taking out trash or doing something like that. Brandon, I'm so thankful for you. I'm glad to be here now. My old attitude has changed, right? And you can do that for somebody else. We have to tell them. We have to tell them how thankful we are for them. Maybe we aren't. Maybe that's why the relationship has gone kind of cold. We got to get better at this, church. We got to get better at this. The Christians in Corinth, you know, they were far from perfect people, but. Even Paul, when he was going to visit him, and he wrote in his first letter to them saying, I always thank God for you. Tell somebody how thankful you are for them and see if it doesn't change their day, their week, their year. See what it does to you, too, having a heart of thankfulness. There was a group of believers, by the way, Paul had never met when he was coming into Rome. They came out to greet him. And Paul said, at the sight of these men, I thanked God and was encouraged. 
Didn't even know them. Thank God for those who touch your life. Maybe today or this week, there's somebody that's on your mind right now that you haven't talked to in a little while. That you need to reach out and say, I'm thankful for you. I challenge you, church. Call somebody. Send them a text message. Let them know how thankful you are for them. That the world just wouldn't be the same without them. And you're just so thankful for them. The third one, thank God in the, in the midst of trials and even persecution. What? Thank God in the midst of trials and persecution, right? We like to draw back from difficulties. Yet, none of us is exempt from, from trouble. You know, in many parts of the world right now, it's dangerous to be a Christian. In Ethiopia, in Nigeria, in, the, in, in China... Right? The church is being persecuted like crazy right now. They're taking down crosses. They're, they're making sure people can't meet. Even in Nigeria, I was reading um, in the persecuted church that they're, they're killing Christians. Saying that you know Christ and that you love Christ will get you killed in that country right now. Take a look at our own country. People are being told that they can't even go to church. That if they do go to church, they can't sing. They can't praise God. You expect me to be thankful in those times, in those situations? Yet in the midst of trials and everything, we can thank God. We can thank God for the trials that I'm facing today. Because we know what? We know that he's promised to be with us in the midst of those trials. Paul says right here, not Paul, James. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. It seems kind of counterculture to thank God in the midst of trials. But he's with you. And he's not going to let you go through those alone. He's in the midst of those trials with you. Thank God that he's there with us, right? When Daniel learned that evil men were plotting against him to destroy him, he got down on his knees and he prayed and he gave thanks to his God just as he had done before. Again, we see Paul, he writes, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. He also said, You will be able to thank God in the midst of pain and distress because you were privileged to share in the inheritance. God is calling you to share in this with other believers. If you call God your God, right? We have an inheritance, and part of that is to go through some stuff. I don't remember ever signing a contract when I first gave my heart to God that said the trouble free. If it was, I didn't check that box or something. But we get to en endure pain and trials and stuff like that that God is with us. I don't know what trials you may be facing right now, but God does. God knows the hurt. God knows the pain. God knows what you're going through. Could be the loss of a loved one. Could be the loss of your job. Could be bad health, right? Could be staring divorce straight in the face. And guess what? God loves you. God is right by your side. And he's given us the Holy Spirit to get through it. Cultivate a spirit of thankfulness, right? Even in the midst of trials and heartaches. Number four, 
Thank God especially for his gift of salvation in, in, in Jesus. God has given us the greatest gift of all, the greatest gift to mankind to ever be given, his son. Jesus came to this earth and he died on a cross and he rose again so that we could know him personally and spend eternity with him. Paul wrote, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. I said this earlier that there was a, there was a cloth, there was a curtain guarding the Holy of Holies, a veil that you couldn't get across, but they couldn't be broken either. You see, they, they said that this thing couldn't be torn apart by teams of horses on each corner. But yet the day that Jesus Christ died, that veil was torn in two, and it released God to be with us, to come and live inside of us, because that's what he wants anyways. He wants to live inside every one of us. The Bible tells us that we're separated from God because we have sinned. But God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And he wants us to be a part of his family forever. You see, he loves us so much that he sent his son so that we can accept him as, as our Savior and our Lord. Everybody knows John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that if he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him shouldn't perish, but have everlasting life with him. You remember the first time you gave your heart to God? I remember the first time. I was on a mountainside up in northern Idaho. I was at a Royal Rangers camp. <laughs> That's Cub Scouts for Christians. And it was awesome. And I was 12 years old. And I remember listening to the person by the fire. And they asked, you know, do you want to make God your, your Lord and Savior of your life? Yeah, I do. I've noticed people that can remember where they were, what they were doing, where they were going, what they were wearing, maybe even smells of that day of when they gave their heart to God. Whether it was 20 years ago, 50 years ago, five days ago, I, I can remember. And I've noticed something about these people. that They are so thankful for that gift that it keeps that to the forefront of their mind. I was one way. And God came into my life and changed me and made me this way. And I'm so thankful that I'm not that person anymore. I'm not where I'm wanting to go, right? But I'm, I'm on my way, and I'm not that man anymore. And I'm so thankful. Do you know the joy of a personal relationship with God? You may be saying, Brandon, I, I, I don't have that relationship. I, I want to have that relationship. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now if we close our eyes. And you don't have to say the exact same words that I say, but they go along the lines of this, God. I'm a sinner. And God, I've lived a life that's not been for you. It's been for myself. And God, I've had so many sins that have separated me from you. And God, right now that I ask that you forgive me of those sins. God, I ask you into my heart to come and live inside of me. The God that I confess that you are the Lord and the Savior of my life. And God, that I am in desperate need of you. And you say, Amen. And the free gift is just that easy. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to do anything for it. 
be thankful for that. The last one in closing today, be thankful for God and his continued presence in our life. When we come to Christ, it's not the end, it's just the beginning of a new life with him. He's in us and he wants to help us, you know, follow him and follow his word. And in ourselves, we don't have the strength to do it on our own. We don't have the strength to live the way that God wants us to exactly live, right? But he sent someone to help us. You see, it's God who works in us to will and to act according to his purpose. Jesus told his disciples the last time he seen him to go into the city and pray and wait. And I'm going to send someone to help. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the comforter to you. He's going to give you power. When is the last time that we thanked God for the Holy Spirit, for the things that he does in our life? You see, Jesus promised his disciples that all authority, not part of it, not some of it, but all authority has been given to me, and now I'm giving it to you. Now go, right? And God says that he will be with us even to the very end of the age. I know that when I'm down in the dumps, when I'm feeling, ugh, I notice that I haven't spent much time with God that I've been unthankful for a period of time, that I begin to get back into my Bible, and I begin back into my, my prayer life, right? It lifts me up and it brings me out of that place that I was in. It reminds me of who God is and what he's done for me and how thankful I am for that. You know, in many countries, like I said, there's, there's set aside a day of thanksgiving. But can... Today can be your day of thanksgiving. Tomorrow can be your day of thanksgiving. Next month can be your day of thanksgiving. It doesn't have to be one Thursday out of the year that it's a thanksgiving day. You can live a life of thanksgiving every single day. Monday can be your thanksgiving day. Tuesday can be your thanksgiving day. And lastly, Paul says, always give thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus. If you'll turn to God, church, I promise you. If you'll begin to be thankful, I can promise you that bitterness and depression, your thirst for more material things, that God can heal that broken relationship, and that God can give you that true spirit of thankfulness. I'd like us all to stand. I want us to do this. I want you to put both hands out like this. And you see, fists like this cannot receive. You can't put anything else in there, right? This is going to change the way you worship, too. We've forgotten what God has done for us. And when we come to worship, we just worship. Good, good job. Pretty song. And when we realize what he's done for us and all the things that he saved us from, we become thankful that I thank you for my family. God, I thank you that you got me out of that jail cell. God, I'm thankful for the job that you've given me. God, I'm thankful that when I was a broken man, that you brought someone into my life again to love me and do life with me. And we're going to do this, church. We're going to give thanks to God. I just challenge you to just do 10 things. But as your hands begin to open, look now. They can receive. They can begin to receive the things that God has for you. God, I'm so thankful for my family. Do this with me. God, I'm so thankful for my church family. 
Father, I'm so thankful for my pastors. God, and the heart that you have given them to help people, to raise people up like myself. God, I'm thankful for my children. God, I'm thankful for another year with my mom. Father, I'm God, I'm thankful for my in-laws, who are amazing people. I'm thankful for my brothers, thankful for this worship team. God, to even be a part of it and the talent that you give me. God, that we become a thankful people, God, so that we can receive what you have for us. We thank you for this opportunity today, God, to just speak your word in your, in your house. Thankful for these people, God. Say this in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.